It's very interesting. Blah, 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 blah. I can't speak. Clack, clack. What does all that sound like? Does that sound good? Oh, I just got excited. Oh, uh. You sound like Boss Ness. Well, I was going to go for Boss Ness. Oh. He does all that. He does. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are you sitting quite comfortably? Then I'll begin. Hey, kids, comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better. Stronger. Here are your host, Andrew and Michael Leyland. It is time to rise. Was that good? Well, I don't know what film you've been watching because, you know, he's already risen by the end of this episode. <laughs> Hello, this... everybody. Hello, everyone. Hey. The world needs us, Michael. It does. And just in true fashion, we stumbled over ourselves in our... Vain attempt at a scripted <laughs> how old, intro. How old are you now? How a vain attempt at an ad-libbed scripted intro. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how old are you now? Uh, 24. How long have we been doing this shit for? Nine years. Around, Nine, you were 15. Roundabouts, You had just turned 15 when we started. Nine years and we'd we have to do, cannot get this right. We'd have to do a 10th anniversary reunion and maybe, maybe... Mm. We might be a bit better. I wouldn't put money on that. <laughs> anyway, the rise of Hey Kids. This is the 2019 Hey Kids comic. What has now become an annual. I think this is also been. This is the only show we've done this year. Yes, the last one of these we recorded was this time last year. For those that like to keep a track of our lives, because there is so much going on, mm. uh, it is the 26th of December 2019. It is midday 35. Present in the room. Yes, present in the room. Just in case we ever have to, you know, <laughs> give depositions for our opinions, yeah. which will no doubt get us in trouble. I'm Andrew Leyland. Hello, I am Michael Leyland. Because if you remember from last year and probably the year before, I could not find our opening snippet music anymore. I have no idea where that is. Lost to the ether. Yeah, I mean, I could cut it off. An old episode, but that would require a level of effort that I frankly can't be arsed with. Yeah. <laughs> so this, lovely listener, if there's still any out there after a year, <laughs> have we just become like the only fools and horses of podcasts? <laughs> just go away. No, here's our Christmas here's special. Our Christmas oh, special. No. <laughs> and then they've all got too old and they've all got their own kids. Yeah. The BBC's like, come on, we know you want it. No, we don't. <laughs> Oh, hey, BBC. <laughs> Stop digging up these old shows to do Christmas specials on. He's dead, but we can electrocute him long enough for a Christmas special. Let him die. <laughs> There's a main character is deceased. Doesn't matter. We'll carry on regardless. Yeah. Oh, let's press on, as the, <laughs> as the uh, tampon manufacturer would have it. This is our annual Christmas Present. Uh, yeah, as they usually are. Yes. This is our annual What We Got for Christmas show. It's, it's pretty much our only show. 
this year, seeing as you're far too busy working till God knows what time o'clock in the morning. That is true. Since uh, since last year, we will also no doubt be letting our feelings known about the most recent Star Wars movie, <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker, which came out what three days ago as we record this? Four days ago? Uh, seven. Seven days ago. It's been yeah. a week. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. So, and we're just going to have an unfettered chat about that, so there will be spoilers. I'm yes. warning you right now. We're not going to try and censor ourselves, because this is the only time we do this shit. <laughs> not that we've not spent <laughs> pretty uh, much uh, every day since days. we talked, since we saw it, talking about it. There's just... There is there's, so there's much just, to address. There's just a lot to unpack. Yeah, you just remember something, and then it's hang on. <laughs> Wait a minute, that didn't make any sense. But anyway, first of all, yeah. let's do a present. Let's okay. start positively okay. with good tidings. Yes, with good tidings. I'm going to start with four because they're all pretty easy to talk about, and I've not actually listened and/or watched them yet, so I can't really say a great deal about them. First off, Angela bought me a bendy Batman. Bendy Batman. A bendy Adam West Batman. I don't know where they got the idea to do a bendy Batman. Should I open it live well, on the air? I mean, you can do. Yeah. If any Batman's going to be bendy, it'll be Adam West. That is very true, because he is an old chum. And he is a bendy. There you go, I've opened it live on the air. It is no longer mint in packaging. With a fabric cape as well. He's got a fabric cape, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually, isn't it? So, go on, bend him. Okay, so I bend him like Beckham? Yeah. Uh, so let's have him. Oh, right, okay, so he, d- he doesn't oh, right. like so revert back, he does. Pause, so he's oh, okay. not like a stretchy Armstrong. So if I have him like that with one arm Could out and one imagine? arm on his stu- it looks like he's singing Christmas carols. Batman Stretch Armstrong. They do Batman Stretch Armstrong. That would be terrifying. They've bought Stretch Armstrong back and he looks right. like the one that I had as a kid with blonde. He's much smaller. Yeah, okay, he's not yeah, as big yeah. as he used to be. Because he used is. to be a weapon if I remember. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes, he did. Um, and they've done Stretch Superman and Stretch Batman as well. Okay, right. So, but they're not as good as they used to be. So there's Bendy Batman. Hello, yeah. old chump. This is audio as well, so... Oh, yeah, so the people can't see Bendy Adam West. <laughs> they, they, can't, they can't see you put the Bendy Adam West in front of the, the microphone. microphone. <laughs> should I, should Bendy Adam West be like my um, Jiminy Cricket? Sits <laughs> <laughs> on my children at all times. Melting platitudes into my ears. <laughs> Cluck, click, chum. Safety first, chum. I love Adam West back. Can you just imagine him, like, you actually... Fasten him into the passenger seat. Atomic power, batteries to power. <laughs> Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. <laughs> anyway, that was Bendy Batman open live on the air. Don't say we don't do anything for you. <laughs> Lovely listeners. Uh, second, I've not listened to this yet, but it is Big Finish's reboot of Space 1999. An all new cast. An all new audio adaptation and revamping of Space 1999 starring Mark Bonner. Who looks like an old David Tennant. If you've ever seen him in stuff. Okay. He looks like he could play David Tennant's dad. Right. Uh, he's Commander Koenig. I don't know if he does a Scottish accent, because I think he's Scottish. <laughs> okay. But I could live with a Scottish Commander Koenig, can't we? Okay, yeah. And Maria Teresa Creasy, I presume, is Helena Carter. Not Helena Carter. What was her name? Helena Russell. Right, okay. I'm losing my space nights. The problem with this is since I have brought my car... You have no CD. ...and it has been scrapped, I don't actually have a CD player anymore anymore. Because at the moment, I don't have a car anymore. So our <laughs> lack of a CD player is the least of our concerns. Is it not? I like how CD players have now just become like... 
they they've fallen so redundant that the only place you can get them is in a car. Yeah, it's quite a sad state. Because I actually had a look. This is no word of a lie. I had a look around department stores. Not that there are many anymore. Yeah. Um, for electrical goods like that, can you still buy a CD player? And you're like, no. Right. Okay. You can buy like little portable crappy ones. Yeah, yeah. But you can't buy a proper. CD system anymore. So it is just cars, and not even then, now then. You millennials have ruined everything. What? (laughs) Okay, boomer. (laughs) I'm not a boomer. I have told you that before. I am a Starbuck. At the very least, I'm an Apollo. I am not a boomer. The very least, you are not an Apollo. (laughs) I'm a Starbuck, then. I live with that. I live with being a Starbuck. Male or female, I'm not pussy. I'm not fussy. (laughs) Said that wrong. We're not editing this, by the way. <clears throat> Next up, Captain Scarlet and the Mistrons. I am right. a Gaius Bolter. This is no more Mr. Nice Gaius. <laughs> I uh, Captain Scarlet and the Mistrons, all the series on Blu-ray, which Anne's about me, because it is so cool. I love Captain Scarlet. I made you watch the first episode yesterday, and it was great. I know, I was there for it. It's good, isn't it? Surprisingly <laughs> it's, it's holds okay. up well, yeah. Because it's just amazing. They built everything, didn't they? I, mean, I just don't like puppets. They are a bit creepy if you're they not into them. They are a bit, yeah. But I love them. But in Captain Scarlet, they're supposed to be a bit creepy. Because some of them have been taken over by the Mistrons. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't explain what's, why Captain White's what's, a bit creepy. What's going on with Stingray, then? Mistrons down in the ocean? <laughs> Stingray's not creepy. <laughs> it's awesome. Stingray's awesome. I love Stingray. Uh, and finally... Penelope was up to something. Lady Penelope was awesome. Behind, behind those cold, glazed eyes. Lady Penelope in the film was played by former Mrs. David Tennant. I mean, they never got married or anything, so there's no Mrs. But um, she, and she's, former. She's, she's beautiful. And down with that version, down on that version yeah, of Lady Penelope. She's, she's not a puppet. She's not a puppet. That's, she's nobody's puppet. And finally, Doctor Who Megloss, which is a Tom Baker-era Doctor Who story, which I presume was cheap because it's on DVD and they're all coming out on Blu-ray. But uh, I'm quite happy with that because that's the only one from that season I've not got. Anyway, next. Not watched it yet. It's the one where Tom Baker has green studs in his face, if you remember. Okay, okay. He does. It's the pictures on the well, camera. That, that, I believe you. He's, yeah. He's got, like, green... He's turned into a, like... A, what's that a plant cactus. called? That's... Thank you. A cactus. Yeah, he's turned into a cactus he for reasons. He does look like a cactus. He doesn't look happy about it, <laughs> quite frankly. I don't think you would be, no. No, that's true. I mean, you are legitimately a prick at that point, aren't uh, you? Yeah. Throwing anyway. across the room. <laughs> Who writes this shit? <laughs> Says Tom Baker in his most irate manner. Go on, what's your first one? Um, Are you doll? Yeah, okay. It's a legit doll. I mean, it'll segue us in quite nicely. Mm. Uh, So, so uh, Dana, my girlfriend, bought me the the Star Wars Forces of Destiny Ray of Jakku and BB-8 doll. Uh, Well, yeah, you know, I'm a grown man. I can accept that it's a doll. I'm gonna get it out of the box and play with it. I don't give a shit. You are not offended that it is a legitimate <laughs> doll. Well, no, it is. Like you can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I'm glad that you're man enough to be able to accept that he's a doll. You know, I'm going to get the BBA out and I'm going to like prete- <laughs> pretend that he's my friend. Maybe keep him in my pocket so we can. You talk. should get one of those green things. So you can push him along in front yeah, of you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but it is. <laughs> oh, ten minutes in and you've killed me. <laughs> Look, if no one else will be my friend, BB-8 will. <laughs> I love, I love that you've got a doll her of Daisy Ridley, but it's BB-8 that you want to play with. Uh, oh, but yeah, it's, it's the, the Forces of Destiny line, which is the short little animations they do on mm. 
Disney channel on put Which on YouTube. I don't that. think I've ever seen. Uh, some of them are alright actually. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's her on actoing uh, the Last Jedi. The Look, best and is that one. Luke's Anakin's lightsaber that it comes uh, that with? That is Luke Skywalker. Yeah, mm, pre yeah. being destroyed. Not that that mattered. Uh, and what what was said about that lightsaber in, in the Force Awakens? What exactly was was said about that? Where did would you get this from? And what uh, did Maz Kanata say? You know, that's that's a story for another time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still um, waiting. But you know, just like Finn has something to tell us, he's just not going to never, hear it yet. It'll never actually be told. <laughs> it is a story that will never be told, apart yeah. from maybe in a comic or maybe, a book, or you know, or the, maybe in Fortnite. The, you can say the uh, official visual dictionary where we find all of uh, the that's films. Lando's daughter. Um, no, no, not not just not just background details, but you know, important major plot points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, well, if you read the Visual Dictionary. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, you've got a Star Wars present, though, so should we talk about the rise of Skywalker? Well, yeah, yeah, just because, you know, to segue us <sighs> in. Right, two years ago, we did... Uh, no, no, it was only last year, wasn't it, that we did... Um, we responded to Nathaniel Wayne's email about The Last Jedi. Uh, or was that two years ago? Probably. And we went that. on a big old... Actually, The Last Jedi is pretty damn good. So we're in that camp. So I can hear lots of people turning the... Players off right now. Yeah, yeah. Terrible film, terrible film. It's not a terrible film though, is it? It's, it's actually a pretty damn good film. It's objectively the best Star Wars I wouldn't film. go so far as to say objectively the best Star Wars film. Oh. It is easily the best of the Disney movies See, in that it is the only one that isn't nostalgia porn. You know, I like I like kicking over tables. I'd say objectively. Alright, okay. It's certainly the it's the one I walked out of the cinema feeling was the best one since The Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. I have watched it five times since then, which is remarkable for me with a modern <laughs> movie. Yeah. I very All the Marvel movies, for example, the most I've seen a modern Marvel movie is probably Captain America the First Avenger, which is probably on a par four or five times. Yeah. All the others I've either seen twice... Or as, only as, once. As part of the pre-Infinity slash Endgame yeah. rewatches. Yeah, pretty much. Or at the cinema and then that's it. Yeah. You just don't get time as an adult. You've got to work for yeah. a start. So the fact that I've watched that film five times and every time I watch it, I get something new and interesting. It was only on the fifth view and I texted you. Yeah. How could I be so stupid? I have only just realised on fifth viewing, this film is about failure and how you react to it. Yeah. And every one of them reacts to it in a way as to try and atone for it, except the bad guy who doubles down on his failure because he's the bad guy. And I'm like, why did I never realise this before? <laughs> but that's what I mean. Yeah. And I, 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 it's the one... Star Wars, you know, you enjoy... My nose is blocked up. So is mine. You enjoy... I enjoy all the Star Wars films. Yeah. The Last Jedi, even when we watched it at 2am in the morning, started it at 2am after I finished work, to squeeze it in for the 10am <laughs> for the screening of, of Rise of Skywalker, no other Star Wars film will get me so actively excited for its entire duration hmm. like that film does. Yeah, because it's one of the things as well, well, why didn't Holdo just tell Poe? She made a mistake. Every why, character in the film makes a mistake. I mean, why didn't Holdo just tell Poe? Because, you know, she was his superior and didn't have to. Yeah, because he doesn't have the same relationship with her that he has with Leia. Yeah. So she's no reason to trust him. But at the same time, she makes a mistake not telling him. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he makes quite a lot of mistakes in that film. Uh, and over that film, he has an arc. Yeah. I mean, imagine that as a writer, you have your characters a story arc. <laughs> Gosh, J.J. Abrams, that's a novel concept, isn't it? 
He gives Luke an arc in that film. Yeah. And he gives Paul Dameron an arc in that film. Mm-hmm. And he gives Rose an arc in that film. Now, granted, his Finn arc is pretty much the same one he had in The Force Awakens. Yeah. But all right, we'll let that slide. Because when we get to The Rise of Skywalker, what story arc exactly does Paul Dameron have in The Rise of Skywalker? Uh, he becomes the leader of the Resistance. Didn't he do that? Didn't he realise that at the end of the last film? Well, he wasn't the leader at that point. No, but he has to step up. Yeah, so, you know, he's, he's let's let's not be this reckless hero that saves the day by getting everyone killed and let's take a step back and think about these things. Uh, so we get to this film, The Rise of Skywalker, and he just does the same thing. Mm. It's almost like it's not a sequel to The Last Jedi and it's actually mm. a, a sequel to The Force Awakens. Yeah. We need to just come out and say this. Right. I was very disappointed with it. I was not as disappointed because I... As much as I wanted to go... You had inadvertently been spoiled. From a leak from months ago that I was like, yeah, this is going to be bullshit. Yeah, this can't possibly be real. Oh, she's going to look for this thing that there just happens to be two of, and then she'll find a dagger that'll lead... This is bullshit. (laughs) The dagger. Sat, Sat in the cinema going... Oh no. Oh, oh no. Yeah. All those leaks were true. <laughs> Whoopsie. So you told me that, but because I'm me, I'd completely forgotten about it. Because I'd read it. Yeah. And, and I'd looked at it and gone, this can't be true, and just completely forgot yeah, about it. Obviously, like, you know, I, I, I didn't believe it until things started to click, but I wanted to go into that cinema with an open mind. I just did not. I knew that I was not going to like it. Because hmm. I knew that it was not going to be The Last Jedi. And this isn't. I never like to compare things to things I do like because that's not giving new things a fair chance. Mm. But I knew that this was not going to be The Last Jedi. J.G. Abrams proved with Force Awakens that he is... He's very good at putting a new coat of paint on old stuff. He's very good at being safe. And more so from even watching anything that J.G. Abrams has done before. He's good at setups, but he's not good at payoffs. Even Alias which is arguably the best thing he's done. Yeah. Because Person of Interest was only made by his production company. Right, okay. He wasn't actually involved creatively with Person of Interest. Yeah. That was... Was it Jonathan Nolan's show? I don't know. It's the brother of somebody prominent, and I want the to say it's Christopher Nolan's now brother. now writes Westworld. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I think I it's So I think him. that's probably why Person of Interest is good. Mm. Alias is his best one. Okay. But even that starts around season three to get obsessed with this red ball of goo. Right. That he then imported into his first Star Trek film. <laughs> the Red Matter. And you're like, what? So, so Alias and Star Trek are, <coughs> are in the same, the same universe. universe. Yeah. But uh, yes, yeah, so he's good with sales, so we're not paying And because of all of these things, uh, I just knew that what is the, the Star Wars film that has the most passion, care, an understanding for Star Wars as a franchise and what it means to people and the film that has the bravery to take all of those things and to change them and to get rid of them and to tell us to move past it. To tell a new story. To tell a new story. I knew that this was not going to be that. It was going to go back to being safe. Yeah, the minute JJ was announced... I kind of knew what we were getting. Yeah. And from the trailer where Kylo Ren rebuilds his mask. Yeah. There's a reason Ryan Johnson took that mask away. Yeah. Where you've got... One of the best things he did in The Last Jedi was kill Snoke. Yeah. I've said to you before, Snoke's a useless, worthless character who is just beat for beat Emperor Redux. I disagree with that. I don't think he's worthless because as I keep saying, 
Snoke, to me, knows his role, and his role is to force Kylo Ren to kill him so that Kylo Ren will step out of his shadow, become a supreme leader, and not to live in Darth Vader's shadow. Mm. That's, Which is what he does. I think Snoke is integral to Kylo Ren becoming supreme leader Kylo Ren. But it's also Ryan Johnson saying, well, now, for the third one, you can't just remake Return of the Jedi. Yeah. You've got to go in a different direction. And J.J. took one look at that and went, nah, I just want to remake Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And it's... They could have gone anywhere. Yeah. They did... It, they... One of the criticisms of The Last Jedi was, I don't know where this story can go now. Mm. Whereas I came out of it going, they can now go anywhere. Yeah. The third movie is wide open to be as wild and wacky and as unpredictable as you want it to be. Mm. And it turns out that Chris Terrio, who wrote it with yeah. JJ, who also wrote Batman vs. Superman and a couple of other things. Oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw his previous uh Yeah. Let's not let's not get into that. Because <laughs> you know, he's got a brilliant track record. Argo is good. Argo's a very good film. Okay. Uh, and JJ took one look at that and said, no, we just want to march to the same beats that Star Wars always marches to. Yeah, and I think, I don't think that JJ can get the full flack. I think his his approach to it was very definitely because of the, um, because of the hatred towards The Last Jedi. And yeah. It was unabashed hatred. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's an absolute shame. And I think it's also hilarious that, um... To everyone who disliked The Last Jedi so much, well, Rise of the Skywalker, uh, you, you deserve it, so thanks. Yeah, well, no, Rise of Skywalker <laughs> was for you. Yeah, and it's it was. turned you out that the vast it. majority of them don't like that either. Well, that's what happens, because this was a. F- what, what, what. I don't understand how you can. I mean, for, for a start, I don't understand how you can like the, last, the Rise of Skywalker and not The Last Jedi. Um, but also, I don't. I can understand what, it. What do you want? What do you want from a Star Wars film? Do you want something? They want Rogue One. Do you want something new and interesting? No. Or do you want some, the same again? Because no. that's what... I don't... And Rogue One's shit. No. Rogue One's very, very, very good. But... Rogue One's good if it had a better script. It is everything that they want from a new Star Wars film. Every time you turn around, oh, it's Pondo Baba. Yeah. Oh, we're on Yavin 4. Oh, look at that thing that reminds us of the old movies. I thought... Upon rewatching it as part of my big solo is better culmination than of the forty-two years uh, rewatching, yeah. and that's another thing that the Rise of Skywalker isn't. Yeah, you. So I, I think Solo's better. Solo was just being a, a solo science fiction film. Is the first one since Star Wars that is pure balls out science fiction fun. Um, but Rogue One was trying to be something, and if you, if you remember, it was the first non-Star Wars Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. If you remember back, I'm then, convinced that's the only reason that did well. Yeah. I think the marketing dropped the ball on it, mm. and everyone thought it was the next chapter in the Star Wars saga. You know, like we've got used to well, Lord of the Rings. It did call itself. Yeah, yeah, but the, the people are just, regular people are just going to go, oh, new Star Wars film. Yeah. And it didn't help that they cast another pasty white Brit as the leader. Yeah. You know, if you glance at Daisy Ridley and glance at, um, what was her name? Jane Herso. What's her real name? Felicity Jones. Yes. If you just glance at them out the corner of your eye. Not a lot of difference, though. <laughs> well, I think that what it was was it tried to be a big thing where Solo wasn't, <clears throat> and I think the thing with uh, I think the thing with the Rogue One is it's it's uh, a perfectly competent fan film with a high budget. Mm-hmm. It's got some excellent visuals. The final fight is with, brilliant with a 
genuinely dull script. I'm a rebel. I rebel. <coughs> oh. And the fact that Jin Erso's this major thief that we never see and do any thievery. And it only redeems itself at the fight at the end. But even then, even then. Arson Krennic's great. He is. But let's take this end fight, which is, you know, the best bit Brilliant, about yeah. it. You With can, the, cl- the clips from Star Wars, you can isn't it? pinpoint exactly when they're going to die. Oh, he's he's served his purpose. He's oh, served he's his just purpose to the plot. Oh, he's been he's shot. Up there, he's dead now. It's, it just feels... It, it, it feels Star Warsy, but it's also a high-budget fan film. Yeah, it's the most expensive fan film ever made. Yeah. With that said, I enjoy Rogue One. it's cute. It's too cute. Uh, I don't know if it's too cute. Hello, it's Angela. Too, that entire ending is abysmal. Oh, get this to Princess Leia. Oh, we've got a new home. Well, oh. that, as, that as well. But the We're da- on a diplomatic mission. I just followed you from your base where you attacked my ship. My two problems with it, and I think why it's wildly loved by everybody. One is Darth Vader. Undeniably awesome in that film. <laughs> with a, What purpose? With a helmet that's too big. Yes. Once you notice it, it once you notice it, it does look, It does look like a bobblehead. Once you... At get past how cool these scenes are, you're like, well, what purpose does he serve to the plot at the end of the film? doesn't. He's there just so we can flash a lightsaber yeah, and look cool. Yeah. Now, if you want to give us Darth Vader looking cool... on your aspirations. That's a funny line. If you want Darth Vader looking cool, give me a freaking John Wick Darth Vader hunts the Jedi movie. Yeah. Just do two hours of Darth Vader being John Wick. Yeah. Um, that'd be brilliant. And I think, Don't pretend it's anything else. But Rogue One also, also goes back to what we were saying about JJ's approach. So, let's take... Solo. Apart from at times, it hinders... The cinematography's too dark in Solo. Solo hinders from feeling like a checklist at times. Yeah, like the beginning of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, like, how did he get this? How did he get that? Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm surprised they didn't go out of its way to say, oh, well, how did he get his scar on his chin? <laughs> but, um, but it was its own story. It had its own story. It had its own characters. It had its own settings. Rogue One was something we already knew how it was going to end. Yeah. Again, it was And it's safe. also answering a question that nobody was asking apart from the more ardent fans. Yeah. Now, why didn't the Death Star have a big weakness like that? It didn't have a big weakness. Yeah. The whole point of Star Wars was they needed the plans to try and exploit a weakness that they found. Yeah. Saying that somebody put it in there deliberately, I'm just going, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Yeah. It's so... Just... I actually come down on the side of Solo being better than Rogue One. Because other than the fan pandering of how did he get this and where did he get that, Solo's genuinely entertaining for the most part. I mean, I want to watch a film about how did the Bothan spy die, but at the end of the day, I still know that they died. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I legit don't care. Um, So, you know, and then The Force Awakens was what The Force Awakens needed to be. And at the time, everyone loved it. And over time, it's not really aged that well. I think I, I think I enjoy it more now. I enjoyed it more in my rewatch before this. I one. think I, I've I've been very pendulous with with the Force Awakens. Yeah. I liked it and then I kind of didn't. <coughs> but now it's it's not as bad. And it's interesting now with hindsight how how clear it was that they didn't have a goddamn clue where they yeah, were going. And the Rise of Skywalker might be more of a sequel to uh, the Force Awakens than it is to the Last Jedi, but. The Last Jedi is still a natural progression of the yeah. themes and subplots that start in the Force that's Awakens. A cri- that's a criticism I don't understand of The Last Jedi, that Ryan Johnson threw out everything that J.J. did and went in his own direction. No, he didn't. He ignored the stuff he wasn't interested in, yeah. the Knights of Ren. Hey, I'm glad they came back in The Rise of Skywalker. They contributed greatly to the plot. 
Um, but he took them in a slightly different, more daring direction than perhaps other people were expecting him to go in. Yeah. And then JJ comes back, and again, he doesn't throw away what Ryan did in The Last Jedi, but again, he only focuses on the stuff he's interested in. So Rose Tico, don't care. All the stuff about the war is being funded by scummy people on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that was ignored. What they did to Rose was... Well, it was shocking. It genuinely was like a massive slap to the face. Yeah, but Ryan Johnson didn't include Snap Wexley, dude. <laughs> I was very upset about Snap Wexley not being in The Last Jedi. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I do like Snap Wexley. Right. I, I like him a great deal. But yeah, and so I just, it's the only one I don't feel the need to go and watch again at the cinema. Even Solo yeah. and Rogue One, I was like, yeah, I'll go and watch them again. On the big screen before they go away. Yeah. I don't feel... Because everyone... There's quite a lot of people on Twitter. The reasonable people on Twitter. Okay. Are going, yeah, yeah. I get why on first viewing, it's breakneck pace. Which it is. It's breakneck pace so that you don't... So you go, don't sit and think, on. wait a minute. So that's why when I said earlier, there's a lot to there's a lot to decompress. Yeah, not like... Because it's, oh, well, those themes. Oh, and I never realised this yeah. before. It's because the film moves so fast that you don't sit there going... Wait a minute, that doesn't... No, oh shit, where are we up to now? What's happened? Yeah, I mean, and when you start thinking about it, you suddenly start going, well, why the hell did Anakin build something? When did they fix the lightsaber? Yeah, when did they fix the lightsaber? When did... And instead of just building her own... Yeah. Why Why did Anakin build C-3PO to not understand Sith? <laughs> yeah. Why, why would he do that? That made not a lick of sense, even though Anthony Daniels was absolutely brilliant in uh, this film. Do you know what? Again... I really didn't like it. There's no sense of consequence. No. Uh, oh, Ray's just killed Chewbacca. Oh, no. In the next scene, there he is. Yeah. Um, oh, um, 3PO's just done this emotional goodbye to his friends. Oh, he's back. He's, oh, he's back again. Yeah. There was no oh, sense. Wexley, dude. <laughs> and like even the end when it just falls apart, um, there's... Oh, Kylo Ren's now just thrown off. Oh, no, he's back. Oh, Ray's dead. Oh, no, not Kylo Ren. Oh, no. Um, oh, the the Emperor. The Emperor is God, so... don't get me started. That Emperor was the biggest eye roll so of the film. so strong that he can blow this entire fleet up with these little lightning sparks. Despite having then, no hands. Yeah, but then Rey... It, uh, Rey, so here she is. She's got all the voices of the Jedi in her. Even when she's never met. And then she gets a lightsaber and she's got all the, the Jedi inside her. And even then, Mr. Lightning Boy's too strong for her. You know, because he's just blown up an entire fleet. But then she gets a second lightsaber. Oh, let's deflect it back at you. I just... An awful lot of the reveal... The, the reveal... The reveal doesn't work. That Palpatine was back has been spoiled. So you, you were kind of used to that. But, but it doesn't... He I was doesn't expecting... come back. No. He's just Well, that's back. it. Did he come back or did he never die? Mm. Didn't explain that in the film. If he did escape, yeah. being thrown down a reactor shaft of a Death Star that then blew up and then fell into the orbit of the fourth moon of Yavin, yeah. or whatever planet they were on, it wasn't the fourth Endor. moon. Endor. Yeah, it was actually Endor, wasn't it? Yeah. How did he survive that? None of this is explained in and the then film. How He's did just he... back. Let's, let's say that maybe he fell with the wreckage of the, the Death Star <coughs> onto this other planet in the Endor system. Yeah. How did he then get to super secret Sith planet? Yeah. And if he has been alive all along, yeah. which they don't flat out state in the film, but they don't say he hasn't either, why is he wasted yes, 30 years? They say that he is alive because he's he's controlling everything. And has been from the beginning. Yeah. 
Why did he wait 13 years? Know, this this new cast with their new stories. Nah, that wasn't you. It wasn't new. You weren't doing anything. It was actually this old guy yeah. controlling everything from behind the scenes. Why 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 wait 30 years? And also, Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> Chief Palpatine was ex, getting jiggy ex, all the way through the prequels. Ex-real estate <laughs> mogul on the boom. I'm not convinced that's canon. It is. Okay. Founder of many calf plantations. <laughs> He's a coffee mogul. I, lo- I love the idea that all the Kara scout this coffee shop's called Palpatine's. Robert, Robert Baratheon of the Galactic <laughs> Senate. <laughs> you want to go to Palpatine's for a coffee? Had kids. But then, his kids had a child, okay? right? Yes, apparently so. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Dameron, (laughs) while celebrating on the forest moon of Endor after the the fall of the Death Star, which which is canon. Yeah, yeah, it's in Chuck Wendig's terrible books. They uh, they conceived Poe, which means that for Palpatine to kill Rey's parents, Mm -hmm. Rey had to have been born before the Battle of Endor. See, I don't how how do you I don't get your logic though. Why? Because Palpatine dies during the Battle of Endor. Apparently, he doesn't. Well, yeah, okay, <laughs> but he doesn't but then, look like he's any fit state to conceive but then children. You are tr- you are then contradicting the f- the film that you're trying to pay homage to. Yeah. It doesn't work. It does not. And it's the main it film. Work. It's the main story beat. <laughs> It doesn't work in anywhere. And like no. your mate said, who's manning all them new Imperial Star Troopers? And where do, all destroyers. The, where do all those Star Destroyers come from? Where do they go? Like, they're all underneath the ocean. Who made them? Because is that why the Emperor's hands have fallen apart? Because he did them all himself. That's why he was busy That's why it took years. him 30 yeah. years. He's built every one of those Star Destroyers each himself. Because each one of them is a planet destroyer. Because of causes. Well, what's, what's power in them, then? <laughs> yeah, do you remember when the Death Star needed time? Yeah. And it clearly states, clearly states that they need the headship to get out of that red storm cloud that just disappears at the end, right? <laughs> then what are all these ships doing over in Endor? What's that one doing in Bespin? And then more importantly, how did the rebels get over there to blow them up? And where did the horses come from when they come out of the ship on the death on the Star yeah. Destroyers? Did they pack those? We should take some horses with it just in no. case. Tell you what, like the way they treated Rose, I bet they had her shoveling all the shit out of that ship then. <laughs> All the oh Christ, Finn! Cheers for bringing these horses with you. I've got to clean oh, them up now. Dear, and we've not even started. Saved on... your life at the end of the last film for nothing, you shithead. <laughs> Run off with that ex-stormtrooper, Lando's daughter. That's another thing as well. They introduced this idea that there are other stormtrooper defectors. Yeah. And you think, oh, they're going to do something with Finn? Don't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, Finn, Lando's daughter. I've got to tell you something. Okay, tell me later. Yeah. What were you going to tell me? I'll tell you later. Oh, JJ's, Still waiting. JJ's backpedalling of that is hilarious. Well, he wanted to tell her that he was four sensitive. Fuck off, JJ. How long has Finn you, been four sensitive? You had the person of colour pining after the white girl. Don't lie. Yeah, so... And it's... The more you think about it, the less... I mean, there is good stuff in it. Yeah. The first 45 minutes where the three lead actors are bouncing off each other. But even that feels undeserved because all of yeah. that friendship happens off screen. Yeah, she only meets Poe Dameron at the end of The Last Jedi. She's yeah. never met him before. Um, I mean, all the Raylo fans are going to be made up with the kiss, a kiss that uh, came out of nowhere. I still think Poe and Finn should have got together. Yeah. 
But there was that little bit at the end where the two women kiss, you know, just like, here you are, gay people. In several countries has been censored out. Well, I didn't even spot it. And has less screen time than Ray hugging a snake. It is literally in the background (coughs) as the camera passes by. It is the very definition of pandering. Yeah. It was shocking. You know. I, um... I saw a I, IGM doing their usual IGN-iness. <laughs> and they're like Murray Sue doing their usual <laughs> Murray Sue-iness. Uh, wrote wrote um, uh, this article saying like, oh, Finn and Poe, should they have been together? Yeah. And um, this guy comes said, well, actually, you know, males can be friends with each other and be really close friends and love each yeah, other. Yeah, they can. Just ask you not. It doesn't have to be. And I commented with, nah, bro, they were raw dogging. <laughs> Look at the way. It's like look at the way Finn bites his lip in the first. Yeah, that's one. the thing with you in it when he sees him in that jacket. Yeah, poor Dameron literally bites his lip. They get excited every time they see each other. Yeah, in the second one, they're best I'm not, buddies. I'm not saying Paul can't still flirt with whoever what's the name was. Yeah, yeah the yeah. funny new bounty hunter who showed up who's from the Americans, Kerry Russell, whose planet blew up. But then, oh no, she was fine. Yeah, she got off that planet somehow. <laughs> yeah, because like, let's not have any consequences in our war, Phil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I know, and this is the thing, people are just going to keep throwing Return of the Jedi in your face. Well, there's no consequences in Return of the Jedi. Well, yeah, there kind of is. Luke has major consequences in the aftermath of Return of the Jedi. Why didn't we not explore any of that? You know, we're three films further in the sequel trilogy. We have never once learned what Leia feels about having Darth Vader as her father. Yeah. We've not even touched upon anywhere. Uh, We didn't get a single scene between Leia and her son. And this this moves on to like layer in this one, which I genuinely... it was handled as well as it could be. I don't think it was. I don't think it should have been handled. Yeah, you think they should have killed her off off screen, don't you? Just because every scene she's in is awkward and uncomfortable to yes. watch. You're just watching actors interact with. They're not interacting with a script. They're interacting with stock phrases. Yeah, they're she interacting has... with whatever dialogue they had of Carrie Fisher. Yeah. She has no dialogue. She just she acts like a toy that when you press a button says stock phrases. Yeah. It doesn't work. And it just makes everything just a bit more uncomfortable every time she's in. Mm. And if you're going to go that route, well, do it as minimal as possible. so that it, I think they did. <laughs> so that it never... Even then, I think it's too... You give her a couple of lines. Yeah. You don't then keep flashing back to have this awkward comedic scene where it's like, oh, be a bit more optimistic. Oh, yeah, sorry, everything's going right. Cut that scene out. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Um, the bit in the middle where she just goes and decides to die. Well, doesn't, isn't she, the whole, there's a subplot in the film that the Force can give life to somebody else. Yeah, I get Which this. was also in The Mandalorian. So yeah. to be fair, they set it up in The Mandalorian. That's fine. And even then, even if I don't like something, if they establish it within its own universe, yeah. I have to accept it. Yeah, because let's be honest, the Force does whatever the hell they want the Force to do. Yes, but, so, let's assume that she puts her Force soul into Kylo Ren, and mm. that makes him good Yeah, in the middle of this lightsaber fight with Rey. <clears throat> now, Leia <clears throat> is doing this now. Why? After, at the end of The Last Jedi... She, she says to Luke, he's not my son anymore. I know what you have to do. Yeah, because that's been the whole thing with Star Wars from the beginning. Darth Vader isn't Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. That's the whole point. And Luke's like, no, I can bring Anakin back. Yeah, but she's she's accepted that her, her, her son isn't there and that Luke's going to kill him. But now she's like, oh, no, I'll, just, I'll just force my soul into him. Hmm. You would have done that before he turned into Space Before Hitler he killed Mark Harrison II. Ford. Yeah. And then the implication of this is... 
So their souls are now connected. Hmm. Ray then stabs Kylo Ren, killing him, and then Leia dies. So Leia's now respon- Ray's now responsible for Leia's death, but then she heals Kylo Ren because you know she can. That that was a bizarre scene that didn't work. And did did Ray kill Leia? Why did Leia do that? Why did Leia's body sit there not doing anything until the end of the film when it's turned to the Force? Yeah, when it dissolves and she becomes a Force ghost. Yeah. Even though it's actively being established in the film, she turned her back on her Jedi training. Yeah. So how can she become a Force ghost then? Isn't that something they have to train and prepare for as per the end of Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, yeah. So, you know. But also, we're going to really spoil the ending now. Why... Is it supposed to have emotional resonance that Ray buries Leia's lightsaber on Tatooine? Leia doesn't give a shit about Tatooine. No, has then, Leia ever been to Tatooine? And then let's let's carry on to to one of the more, um, well, the final scene in which this old woman, oh no one's ever, who been, just happens to be wandering yeah, by, no one's ever been through here. And yes, what's your name? I'm Ray. All right, see ya. <laughs> Not Ray. What? It's like, fucking hell. Local people much. <laughs> And then you get the awkward scene where Ray's just like, look off into the distance. Oh, there's Luke and Leia's ghost. I don't know what they're doing here, but you know that's really nice to see them. Oh, Ray Skywalker. What? What? Your mum said, I thought she was going to Ben's hovel, which would have made more yeah. sense. I... To go to Obi-Wan's hovel, right? Yeah. To communicate with the Force ghost, because that's where Obi-Wan goes to communicate with Qui-Gon. Okay. That yeah, would have yeah. made sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... She's not a Skywalker. No, she's not. It's that... But again, your idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What you should have done. So, what you do is... Oh, excuse me. You've got all this entire subplot of what side of the fence are they on? Is Rey a good guy or is she a bad guy who's being misled? Just like Kylo Ren was being misled to be a bad guy from way back in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, And then, so you've got the bit where it's like, all right, so she's Palpatine's granddaughter or whatever. <laughs> so you then, at the end of that battle, Ray dies because she's been on the wrong path all along. Hmm. And yeah, you established that Ben's got all the Jedi in him. Yeah, and Ray has all the Sith in her, and that's why they've been so conflicted. They've yeah. been on the wrong journeys. And Ray was just <clears throat> uh, an unfortunate victim of the good and the light side of the Force, the hmm. light and the dark side of the Force, where Kylo Ren who has always been a good guy, but has been misled to the dark side of the Sith. He's always been conflicted. Mm-hmm. Um, then is the one to defeat Palpatine and is the one to live. And he comes out and there's some awkward explaining to the resistance. You don't want to kill him. But you forgive Darth Vader. Yeah. But then it's then Kylo Ren to... Who returns if to he Tatooine. Has to travel to Tatooine to... Bury the lightsabers Luke's or whatever. Luke's lightsaber. And then he maybe throws himself into exile or whatever. Or he goes to Ben's hovel. Yeah, and then you have a scene, you can even have the same scene, where this old woman who, you know, should keep her nose out of things, just is like... Oh, Ben's next door neighbour. What's your name, Ben? Ben what? Skywalker. Ben Skywalker. His rightful name. Yeah. And it's a much better... You're keeping the same ending, but just by swapping characters, it makes a lot more sense. Yes, because he's actually a genuine Skywalker. Yeah. He is of Skywalker lineage. Yeah. 
I don't want to be down about a Star Wars film. And the irony isn't lost on me. <laughs> that all the way through the prequels, I was like, actually, I quite enjoy them. I mean, I can see the problems. Yeah. And I, Last Jedi, Twitter telling me I'm wrong every day for two years. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not blind to the irony of this. But I think I think this is like a reversal of, of the prequels for me. Like, I, I can see the flaws with the prequels, but I, I enjoy them. Well, with, I did. With this, with The Rise of Skywalker, it's... Uh, there were bits that I liked. Yeah, I didn't like this. There's a lot it. To There like. were a few bits, but there was nothing that redeemed it. And the film, in and of itself, because all of its major story beats and its major character beats are just fundamentally flawed. Yeah, and it it's wrong. the The fundamental mistake that they made was a they didn't know what they were doing from the beginning. No. Now they will turn around and say, "Well, George Lucas made it up as he went along." Yeah, but he did a damn sight better job of it than you did, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah. Um, so they clearly didn't know what they were doing from the beginning. Well, George, People certainly... I mean, J.J.'s plan. J.J. didn't have a fucking plan. And George maybe didn't know where he was going to start, but knew he was going to end. Yeah. J.J. didn't know where he was going to end. No. If that's the argument that you're going to take. No, he didn't. He, he's, he By his own admission, Yeah. They've, they had a couple of conversations about where the story could go, but they didn't have a plan. Yeah. They didn't say to Ryan, right, this was our plan for the three-act structure... Adapt it, whatever, but we need the characters to end here yeah. for the third film. And if if you're going to be so protective over your story, then why did you let another writer and director take over the second Yeah, why film? not do all three of them? Yeah. Because at least you would have had three mediocre films instead of one really good one, one okay one, and one that just makes you scratch your head. Yeah. And the, the other fundamental flaw they've made is marketing this one as the end of the 42-year-old saga. It isn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work as a sequel. That the end of its own trilogy, let alone as the end of forty-two years. As far as I'm concerned, Star Wars still ended with Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And this is just like a little add-on. Yeah. It's just, it's its own worst enemy. Yeah. Anyway, the rise of Skywalker in cinemas now. <laughs> Go and enjoy it. Perhaps more than we did. I mean, it, I may mellow on it as time goes by. I do apologise. Yeah, we both got cold. But anyway, next Christmas present. You remember when we were doing this? Yeah, uh, <laughs> 40, 40 minutes, minutes ago. ago. <laughs> Your brother bought me Hollywood Rides kit. Yeah. This is actually a full-on die-cast metal representation, reproduction, whatever the hell it is, of the Knight Rider car. Does it light up and make noises then? Well, it, it doesn't make noises, but it, it's it leads into the silent destruction of humanity. So, <laughs> okay, that's nice. <laughs> you can tell that was a recut, can't you? <laughs> Take two. <laughs> that was spontaneous laughter. That I appreciate you attempting to act like that was an ad lib. <laughs> the recording stopped. Lovely listeners, and we did that bit again. Didn't quite work, did it? It didn't. It didn't work. We're not actors. <laughs> anyway, stick with Adam. <laughs> professionalism thy name is a kids comics yes so so keeping with <laughs> with what adam got us yeah uh something that i'm gonna have to find the time to make and find somewhere to put it um he's got me a um ravel x-wing model kit now you used to have a little one of these you used to have loads of these I, well yeah he used, he used to have a few of them uh but this is this is a big boy yeah. i think he said he, he had it work or something yes because he, he handles distribution in warehouses. Yeah. 
And uh, he saw He that. handles distribution in warehouses. So we just nicked this. Someone else, no, is, someone else is expecting this of it. It shit. fell off the back of the wagon. Well, I it? had to go and pick him up from work that day because he couldn't carry it home. And I didn't question it at the time. But now that you mention it. <laughs> but yeah, you used to have loads of these little ones. You had, I know you had an X-Wing fighter. Uh, I had some Jedi Starfighters. Yeah, I know you had the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Speaking of which, in The Rise of Skywalker, 30 years that X-Wing's been underwater, yet it still works. Because that's how engineering works. Um, also, you know, that sunken uh, Death Star <laughs> had working TIE fighters yeah. that Kylo Ren just... Oh, we didn't even mention how she works out where the MacGuffin is. Oh. <laughs> but let's move on. <laughs> Luke's X-Wing. If you leave a car in water for 30 years, pretty much guarantee that when you lift it out, it won't work. Oh, funnily enough, a big ship in an ocean which is too dangerous to cross, cross is neither moved nor eroded. No, no, no. That if you just stand conveniently on that exact <laughs> spot, you're dagger MacGuffin a lot. No, anyway, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, anyway. I, I still have a few of these um, knocking about. Yeah, um, but this this is this is quite a big boy as well. Yeah, it is. Forty three point five centimeters. It is one to twenty nine. The real thing, if you know they were real. If, if X wing fighters were real, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which you know, if, I've always wanted an X wing bed. Like, you know, like I, Joey's car well, you know, bed you, you in France. You can get race car beds. Yeah. I want an X-wing one, or at least a Viper. So you know, it's got a list, little I, less I'd wing, like a Viper. wing space. Yeah, I love Vipers. All right, okay. Yeah. Uh, I also got the Flash, eighty years of the fastest man alive, which is a deluxe edition hardcover, similar to the Batman and Superman one that came out to celebrate eighty years of detective comics and action comics. This one has a number of tales of Jay Garrick, including one that has never seen print before. Okay. that's So that's quite interesting. I only saw this two days before Christmas, and yet your mum still managed to get it. Man. I'm quite impressed with that. Yeah, I was quite... I su- didn't even know this was out. Yeah, I was quite surprised with this one. They made such a big deal yeah. out of the other two that this one just... Yeah, this one there. was just there. Yeah. Do we just not pay attention to the solicitations anymore, or...? I, I don't know, because yeah, I, I, don't. Don't I don't even remember seeing anything about it. No. Because it's exactly the same format as the others. Yeah. If you take the cover, the dust jacket off, it's got the same... It's still got essays in it. Yeah, and that. it's still got essays in it. It's still got all the covers on the inside of it. If you take the dust jacket off, it's still got lots of really cool stuff in it. Lots of different stories from the Barry Allen, Jay Garrick, Wally West era. I mean, obviously when I've read them all, I'll judge whether they were suitable. Because I felt the Action Comics one was better than the Detective Comics one. Yes. But uh, based upon my reading so far, I've read four of them. The Golden Age Flash isn't as good as Golden Age Superman. Okay. And Golden Age Superman is terrible. (laughs) You know why? Every single issue is him doing some kind of boring, stopping corrupt politicians, smashing slums, stopping the press from being bastards to people when they should be bastions of honour. When is he just going to hit people? That's all I want I mean, from my comics. You know, he's just an SJW, and we don't want we don't want we don't know that comics. We all know they ruin everything. <laughs> so I don't I don't want none of that filth. Although. Silver Age Superman, I absolutely love. I love just, the batshit crazy. Just thought that one issue where it's <laughs> Superman Superman's birthday Batman. and Batman <laughs> is being a great little dick and they just ruse each other. <laughs> I like the idea that Superman and Batman are fraternity brothers who just hate yeah, each other every I've year. I've never had more fun reading a comic than I have. Is that the one, one where Batman goes shopping for him in his costume? No, no, it's the one where. Um, a statue of Batman disappears. 
And it makes I love ba- it already. It makes Batman, Superman, so scared yeah. that this statue of him in his fortress solitude has moved. That no, someone's leaving notes saying, "I know who you are. I know your secrets." I remember this. It man. scares the shit out of him that a plane's crashing, and Superman's <laughs> so scared of who's in his fortress that he nearly lets this plane full of people crash and die. And then he's knocking about in his fortress solitude, going, "Who is it? Why is this statue of Batman move? What's going on here?" And then. It turns out that um, Batman's like, ah, it was me or... Oh, no, there's an earthquake and some, like, uh, kryptonite falls or something and Superman's like, oh, no, I'm dying. (laughs) And the cave's collapsed and there's no way out. And then Batman comes out and he's like, oh, shit, man, like, it was just a ruse. Like, we're both going to die now. (laughs) And Superman's like, yeah, kryptonite, I'm dying. Oh, and Batman's going, oh, no, it was just like, I just wanted to give you a surprise for your birthday. Oh, why did this all go wrong? And then Superman's like, ah, nah, dickhead, it's not real kryptonite. I'm just I'm just jostling with you. It's only japes, in it? And then Batman's like, oh, you fucking ruse, man. And it's like, come, ba- come back to the Batcave. Alfred's baked you a giant fucking, like, birthday cake. You need to get this story and rewrite the word balloons so they actually say that. <laughs> oh, you dickhead, man, it was just a ruse. <laughs> oh, God. That is a good start. I do like that <laughs> yeah. Anyway, did you just go or did I just go? Uh, I think I think you just went with oh, your right, flash. So, you yeah. that, uh, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna move us back to the Star Wars theme a bit with my last. Oh no, I have two more Star Warsy stuffs. Yeah, two of me both in one then. Yeah. So um, as you sent me a message a while ago saying, did you know these were a thing in Asda? I did not know they were a thing in Asda. No. Uh, but they are two seven inches for uh, Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back. Vinyl um, singles. Vinyl singles. No, just seven yeah. inches. Seven of... inches, yeah. Um, of the main title in the Cantina Band <laughs> on a nice little <laughs> blue vinyl. Yeah. And then uh, I think the Empire one is the Imperial March and the Astro Field on a red vinyl. Yeah. Got nice little new montage covers. Mm, surprisingly, I can't see any evidence they've done a Return of the Jedi one. Yeah, I don't think they have because they've not said that they have when they did eventually announce it. It's strange that they were uh, Asda exclusives. Yeah. and it's strange that they were in Asda when I when I texted you. Yeah. I, this is the only place I'd heard of them. And when I Googled it quickly, where the hell did these come from? There yeah, was yeah. nothing. Yeah. When I first Googled it, there was nothing about these. But yeah, they are neat little yeah. pieces. Like I'm assuming if you're interested, then you probably have the vinyl soundtracks or whatever. Yeah, but, but they they're are. nice little yeah, collector's are. pieces, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've already taken them out of the wrapping because yeah, I'm, I'm like that. I well, listen. you can play them. Well, yeah, I, I listen to them. You can buy them, so you won't play them. Um, and then, um, I believe this one was from Dana. Yay. It is. Uh, and it's the only one of these I actually own. I don't own any of the other art books because, you know, quite frankly. Don't uh, care. No. <laughs> I have the art of uh, Star Wars, the last good Star Wars film. <laughs> Not the last straw, as people call it. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, the art book to Star Wars The Last Jedi, which is uh, a really interesting, as they always are, look behind the concept art, behind the scenes, to bring it all into comics. Jock was a concept artist on the film. Which is quite cool to know. Um, There's quite a bit on the history of Acto, the Jedi temple that it was going to be, some history about it, and then just, you know, some nice little... Pre-production Concept, and it's it's a nice little. Um... Oh, Phasma stayed dead. I was quite yeah. surprised by that news. Uh, but it's it's all in a landscape. Where was DJ? Oh, well, he's bugging off now. Aren't ah, right, okay. Oh yeah, those are uh, those bombers that use magnetic bombs. <laughs> how can you drop bombs in space? Uh, how do you shoot lasers in space? How does fire work in space? Also, you know, there's talking robots and spaceships, and who's questioning these fucking things? 
but yes, so it's all in it's all in landscape, so it looks it looks quite nice. It's like a table, a coffee yeah, coffee, coffee table, table book. Yes, yes, it is. It does look very pretty. It is great. Um, <clears throat> next up, I was happy with these. Your mum bought me Batman Legacy Volume One and Two, which is the new printings of Batman Legacy, which has a lot more in it than the previous trade paperback. Uh, obviously, I think there's, did I say there's some like eight or nine issues in these that weren't in the others? Yeah, including like the Bane miniseries and various issues of Catwoman that weren't collected before, and so on and so forth. So I'm very much looking forward to reading them because that's it's, what did we say it was? It was Cataclysm, Contagion, Contagion Legacy, Legacy Cataclysm. Cataclysm, The Road to No Man's Land, No Man's Land. Yeah, and that is essentially the culmination of '90s Batman because after that, Denny O'Neill retires. Yeah. And it's an all new era of Batman. Yeah. And Ed Brubaker comes in and Greg Rooker comes in and yeah, Detective yeah, yeah. Comics does that whole two colour thing. Which okay. kind of put me off a bit, even though the stories are good. Right. The two colour artwork thing didn't work. And Ed Brubaker and Scott McDaniel on Batman is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Still a very much underrated run. Don't you dare eat all those celebrations without me. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaking out the room while we're busy. So it is essentially the end of the post crisis Batman. Yeah before it morphs into something else and you now get the Batman that we get today where essentially each writer just writes their own version of Batman. Mm. So Grant Morrison's Batman isn't Scott Snyder's Batman, isn't Tom King's Batman. They're just self-contained stories by those creative I think it's better and worse at the same time. Yeah, there's there's pros and cons to the approach. In the one hand, if you like Scott Snyder's Batman, you've got a self-contained little run of books, 10 or 11 volumes now, including Last Night on Earth. And the same with Tom King's Batman, which I have previously espoused the brilliance of and rapidly went off a cliff. <laughs> I, I do apologise for that. Yeah. it's Although the recent annual, to okay. be fair, the recent annual about Alfred's Diary, absolutely yes. brilliant. I suppose that's because the recent annual isn't 85 issues of just the same Bat. thing. Cat. Bat. Cat. Cat. Hell yeah, Kite Man. Bat. Bat. Cat. 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 Bat. Bat. Uh... Cat. Let's fuck on a rooftop. That's 80 issues. <laughs> And it's like, I was such an advocate for this run, and it's just fallen off a cliff. Like, I feel I feel bad, because, like, I think I think it was me that pointed out, and you're like, no, I really like it, I really like it, I'm going to have to read it again. And then I've gone, oh, shit. It's not good, is it? It's not, it's not... It starts well. It's fallen off a cliff. And, and it... last time, Nathaniel wrote us an email, remember, and I'm going there going, well, this is his story, let's give him benefit of the doubt, here we go. <laughs> and now I have to sit here eating crow going... It's not very good, is it? I think now that we're it's it's ended, and I think I've seen bits from the last few issues, but you haven't. Yeah, it's very much kind of, and I wouldn't mind it if this story was like the first fifty issues. Yeah, but eighty-five issues, and then specials, and then another Batman Catwoman continuation. Yeah, it's it's not only decompressed, but it's. Yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just not very good. Or at least, <laughs> That's yeah. the best way to describe it. Yeah. It's yeah. just not very good. But, I mean, it's won awards and yeah. it's got critical acclaim. Yeah. And I just. I don't... So did The Last Jedi. I don't <laughs> Critical acclaim out the wazoo. Yeah. And we agree with that one. So ultimately, it all boils down to I like it or I don't like it. And that's ultimately the, the final expression. And I'm not. I'm not feeling it anymore. Uh, from the very first issue, I just didn't... I, no, I just, you didn't, did you? And I was really on board with it for like the first 20, 30, 40 issues. I just then they got think... to the wedding. Yeah. 
and that fell off a cliff and I was the one saying, no, no, let him trust him. Let's see where he wants to go with it. And apparently where he wants to go with it isn't terribly interesting. I, I get, like, I, I, from the get-go, this was not Batman. Yeah. That's not me saying, that's not my Batman. He's not Batman. He's not writing him like Batman. It's, it's, and so again, I don't like comparing it to things I do like because that's not fair. But the Grant Morrison run and the Scott Snyder run were Batman is a human being mm. and laughs and jokes and loves and appreciates and respects his family members compared to I've got a pole up my arse and I hate that my kids have dragged me to this diner and I'm going to eat a hamburger with a knife and fork and I don't trust Alfred, I don't trust anyone. And the very idea that Bruce Wayne wouldn't know how to eat a hamburger. Yeah. Right. Anyway, now we've brought the show down. <laughs> <coughs> uh, is this you? Or did you just go? I forget who go. No, I, I did uh, Batman Legacy, which yeah. prompted the talk about Tom King's Batman. So uh, you so... go next. Should I stick to art books? Yeah, yeah, stick to art books because that it's looks like a, a very nice art book. This is this is from Dana's Nana, who always buys me books for Christmas because she knows you. Usually, not ones this expensive, so I can only imagine Dana picked this one out. Uh-huh. Uh But it is the very nice looking, the Art and Soul of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Cool art book of that again. Uh, this one's larger than the last Jedi one. Yes, it is. So it's going to be a bit more awkward on have a you bookshelf. you got a bookshelf for this? you got a bookshelf space? Because uh, I've not. I don't have bookshelf space for the books I do own, yes, let alone like once an issue. That's very true. Yeah, so it's the art book of 2049, which is uh, a very, very pretty film in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but I've not really flicked through it yet. But yeah, it's, um, it's a lot more... There's a lot more stills from the film in this one than there is in the Last Jedi one. Yeah, um, it's more of an overall appreciation of the movie. Yeah, probably just because like the film in and of itself. If you pick a random second to pause, yeah. you've got a nice little wallpaper. Yeah, like every shot in that is. Nerve. Yeah, uh, every shot on that is just very very. I like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. To collect it all in this is. You know what I love about Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Yeah. If you think that Rick Deckard isn't a replicant, it supports your theory. If you think Rick Deckard is a replicant, it supports your theory. <laughs> I think, see, I got that this was a little more definitive on Deckard, because there's that, that whole thing on, well, how did they... How did they reproduce? Yeah. See, I, a... I don't think he's a replicant. I, I... I'm with Harrison Ford. Yeah. You're with Ridley Scott. No, I don't think he is. Right. If you take Blade Runner in and of itself... Yes. I like the ambiguity. Yes. If I. You... That's why I still prefer... Yeah. The voiceover cut. Even right, though it's okay. not perfect, yeah. it's ambiguous. Okay. Ridley Scott tries to go out of his way to have his way. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. a replicant. I prefer Harrison Ford's definition. He's not. Yeah, I like the ambiguity, but I do think that if you're going to include 2049, yeah. Deckard is very definitely not a replicant. Yeah, I think that from 49. But there are people who come away from 2049 with the other opinion. Yeah. And to me, that's a successful but piece of art. My favourite thing about about this one in and of itself is, as we're saying in the first one, there's this level of ambiguity. Yeah. He believes he's human, but is he? And what I love about 2049 is how... Dismal it is when it gets to the end. Emotionally draining when he's, like, abused and rejected because he is a replicant. Yeah. But then he thinks he's not. He thinks he is this chosen one yeah and he's he thinking he's human he thinks he's important he thinks he's special he thinks there's someone to then it's just almost get, the anti-jj so then just get downtrodden and be told no you are unimportant we're just going to disregard you you are nothing and no one and then you sat there and the credits start rolling and you're like holy shit 
<laughs> well, I didn't find it that bleak. But... <laughs> yes, it's the anti JJ. Yeah, you anti-JJ. are not important. Yeah, but you still did important uh, it's, things. It's also an excellent example of how you do a legacy sequel. Yes, I like Twenty Forty Nine a lot. Yeah, doesn't seem to get talked about much. Mm. It's really weird. It seems people just ignored it. It had a big phase, and then it just got yeah. swept under. But I, re- I think it's a more successful sequel than the Star Wars one. Yeah. But then again, I think that the best trilogy of the past ten years is John Wick. I am really interested in watching the what was it the five six hour cut Denny Villeneuve did. Yeah. Well, have you ever sat through the entire Blade Runner tin? I have not. And watched no. the work print and the first print and everything. It's I've, great. I've only ever seen the final, the final cut. And Dangerous Days, still the best documentary on a film ever made. Right. Okay. You need. Have you got Blade Runner on Blu-ray? Yeah. It's dirt. Dangerous Days is is one of the I don't two discs. The the no. full five disc tin that I've got okay, has yeah. never been released on Blu-ray. No, I um. Very excited after buying my 4K TV, bought the 4K restoration cut of Blade Runner, only to then found out that the PlayStation... You don't have a player. That despite, despite the PlayStation 4 playing games at 4K, 4K, it does not does not play a 4K format <laughs> DVD. So I'm stuck with the, the bonus Blu-ray version that has no specials on it, so I just have the film. Crap. So one day... I might find out that my 4K DVD does have that that special well, that be documentary. Great. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, the five disc set that I've got has, has it all the it. different cuts of the movie. Yeah, and the final cut. Yeah, and the Dangerous Days documentary, right. which is absolutely fantastic. And speaking of Blade Runner, yeah. Oh, we mum, are good at this segue. We are excellent, aren't we? <laughs> you know what, earlier on when we said we're a bit shit? We're not really. <laughs> we are <laughs> top flight. <laughs> you know, there is nobody better at this shit than me and you. Who doesn't get paid for it? Yeah. <laughs> if we got paid for this, yeah. we'd be even better. <laughs> this is us just winging it. And this is how good we are. <laughs> at this moment, I'm Jim Halpert and I'm looking at the camera. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Blade Runner... Uh, Angela bought me Future Noir, the making of Blade Runner, the updated version by Paul Salmon. Significantly updated from the 1997 original. There has been a version in between these two that was limited to a certain number of copies and only available for a short amount of time. But she bought me the revised and updated, uh, including stuff about Blade Runner 2049, including new interviews with Harrison Ford, who has mellowed on Blade Runner over the years. He's mellowed about a lot of things. He's mellowed a lot, Harrison yes. Ford, hasn't he? As he's got, I mean, he's still a grumpy bastard, <laughs> but I love that he's a grumpy bastard. I love that clip. Have you seen that clip on YouTube? So who do you think shot first? And he just goes, I don't care. <laughs> love that. Love that he's like, don't give a shit. Brilliant stuff. So I have the original version of Future Noir, the making of Blade Runner from 1996. Yeah, the original 1996 publication. I now have the new version. I don't need two. If anyone wants the original, the first person to slide into my DMs, (laughs) as the kids say, can have it. And if nobody answers, I'm just going to donate it to the bookshop around the corner. So Future Noir, I'm looking forward (laughs) to reading that. Even though it's probably all the stuff that's in Dangerous Days. Yeah. It'll probably be a nice companion piece because Paul Salmon contributed to Dangerous Days. Okay, yeah. He's essentially become the chronicler right. de rigueur on Blade Runner since before it came out for City yeah. Fantastique magazine and all that shit. He is the Blade Runner man. He is the Blade Runner man, yes, Paul Salmon. So, anyway. Go on, you may as well do your penultimate one, uh, which y- is your dark ass one. It is, yeah. So, uh, this was a gift from Dana's father. 
uh, picked by her, though. Yeah, I'm sure it was. It was. <laughs> uh, which is the... I can't imagine he went out and thought, I'll buy that for Michael. Well, you know, I, I can't imagine that either. You never know. <laughs> um, no, Dana did pick this, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's the Aliens Dead Orbit by James Stokoe. We love James Stokoe. Oversized hardback uh, collector edition. Have they not done one of them for the Godzilla one? They have. Ah, right. Long out of print now. Oh, very expensive. I, right. I okay. think this is also the same now because they do the regular trades. Yeah. But then, because it's James Stokoe, he does very little work other than his own self-titled stuff. Because yeah. um, he did the three-act war, was it? Uh, the half century. The war, half yeah. century war, yeah. Uh, so they do these limited edition, special edition, oversized hmm. versions. And very good that is too. Uh, yeah, just to read. Did we cover this on the show? We didn't do this one. We did his Godzilla. Ah, right. I knew we did one of them. Um, I always preferred the Godzilla one to this Aliens one because you're a bigger Godzilla fan than you are Aliens. Yeah, and so just that makes sense. This is a straight up Alien story. Um. Yeah, there's only kind of two alien stories, isn't there? Yeah. There's one of them in its haunted house, or there's lots of them in its a war. Well, this is the haunted house one, yeah. whereas whereas with the Godzilla one, it's it's just a love letter to Godzilla, and yeah. that, that gets me more. But I enjoyed both. In the back, you've got a lot of original artwork, and, and what we were just saying was quite interesting, because it includes his original pitch, yeah. which is aliens. Yeah. And then him basically saying, it was fun, it was a lot of fun to draw, but as it was a four-issue miniseries, we went for Horror House. Yeah. And I've only ever read this once as it was coming out. So yeah, be, I think I read your comments, yeah. didn't I? So it'll you be lent worth, them to me. Be worth a revisit. I now have the issue, though, where uh, what do I do with those single issues? Give them to me. I'm not getting rid of them because the first issue signed. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have, if you buy your own issue one, you I can, can have, have issue two, three, three, and four. And four. Yeah. <laughs> if I can find it. But if he ever comes back to a convention, you could get that signed. In fact, oh, could you do a little sketch inside as well? Yeah, he may do, if he's nice. Yeah, yeah, I've got a Godzilla right. sketch from him. Yeah. All right, my final one. What I did like this year, that everyone's presence, you did a little sketch. I, I mean, I'm not going to say, like, what the quality of each sketch was like. They're only on wrapping paper. They were excellent. I got a little Bane yeah. on mine, which I'm going to keep in the actual thing. I may have to fold it. You know, in hindsight, it wasn't the most subtle little... Uh... Yeah, it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. And I got Prelude to Nightfall and Nightfall Volumes 1 and 2. The only problem with these is I now have to buy all the others. So uh, thank you, you, Michael and Dana, well, who bought me both, all three of these. Because uh, I started getting them because I had this thing where I want to revisit Yeah, we've been chatting Nightfall. about yeah, 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 so I was like, all right, okay, I'll pick up the Prelude. And then I've been reading through them up. I've had to stop because, you know, work. Yeah. Um, Welcome to adulthood. Yeah, but then... Um, Do you remember when we started this show and yeah. I was always the one who's, I've not had time, I've not had time, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're just burning <laughs> through entire runs of comics. And now you're... Work! I keep getting my monthly comics and I'm like, shit, do I still get that? I've not read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so then Dana was like, oh, I've done all the Christmas shopping, I've got these for your dad. Um, but I'm a bit... It's it's Nightfall Volumes One and Two, but why? It's something missing. It's like yeah, there's there's Prelude, but it's yeah. all right. That can be his Christmas present from yeah, me. Yeah, that's fine, and it means I can sell me original comics. But I obviously have to now buy what is the Night Quest One and Two because I like as well with with what Mum's got you. Yeah, you've now you've now got a, a sizable chunk to fill in those gaps. Yes, yes, yes. When I've got all the No Man's Land, so how many? All right, so you've bought me Prelude to Nightfall and Nightfall Volume One and Two. There is also Night Quest: The Crusade Volume One and Two. Night Quest to Search, Night's End, Prodigal and Troika. Yeah. So I now have to buy one, two, three, four, five, six more trade paperbacks. And Contagion. 
and con- well, I've got Contagion. Oh, the but old, I've got the, the old, old Contagion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to update it just. Yeah, to... I suppose. Yeah, I suppose but you know, okay. at this moment in time, you yeah. have the same as what I have. So, yeah. and we do love Nightfall, and yeah. to this day, our Nightfall shows on Hey Kids are the most popular ones we ever did. Yeah, because we did it over such a long period of time, covering everything. Yeah, and there are even some. Hello, Michael Bailey, who said that it's the best <laughs> thing we ever did. Okay. And I, I'm, I'm down with that. All right. I have considered, like, re-editing them. Yeah. We talked about this, didn't we? Re-edit them, release them as special editions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And put them on YouTube and try and make some fucking money. <laughs> but, as you pointed out, I would have to cut out all the music. Yeah. And I don't have the original files anymore. And I realised, I can't be asked. We could just, like, now that we've got the trades, we could recover them We again. could redo them. Yeah, that would involve us getting together on a regular now, basis. Now, now that I've, like, you know, become an adult and I'm not just, it's all right. It's, it's all right. right. It's okay. You know, we can... Do you think we'd still rip apart that Too Faced story that was in Showcase? I think... I'd... <laughs> do you think we'd still tear that to shreds? Or do you think we'll have mellowed? Something tells me that as as we have matured, <laughs> that, that story that story might not have... Matured like cheese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a fine wine, good sir. Speak for yourself. <laughs> oh, yes. Anyway, as this is the only time that we actually get to do this, we did have a look at other comic book related movies that came out this year so I mean, we can have a chat have a about left. Oh, do you have a present left? Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I was just saying about our professionalism? Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. So, um, <laughs> segueing on from Nightfall... Because we're professionals. We are a... <laughs> Ish. Um, <laughs> as we've just proven. As I was reading uh, Nightfall, I had this, this very big... Oh, do I get do I get the omnibuses, the new ones, the the Kelly Jones covers, or do I just get the trades? But I do like the omnibuses. But and eventually, eventually, I, I settled on the trades. Yes, because I quite like you know spread out the cost. Yes, and they have that that lovely little they trade dress. They do the, the have bat. the trade dress, but yeah. they they have the bat that all lines up. Yeah, and so uh, another crossover of the era that I haven't read clever in a long time. Yay. Um. I, I asked you, like, have they ever done what they've done to Nightfall for the death of Superman? Yeah. And you said, yes, they have. They even have the same type of trade dress yeah. across all of them. So, the little bleeding S. As I found out, and I unwrapped quite a sizable package, I then unwrapped... <laughs> That's what she said. I unwrapped the death of Superman. Uh, the death of Superman. Yes. But then inside of that package, there was another package. This was your mum. And there was funeral for a friend but there was still another package inside it so we went to reign of super and there was another so with a return i then did so yeah i had a i had a one player past the parcel um but yeah i, I it was uh the uh death of superman the five trades that they cut from the omnibus yeah. wasn't it yeah yeah uh so i now as well as nightfall when i finally finished that have all of the death of Superman to get yeah. through, which do have that nice little trace. Nice little bleeding ass, yes. Well, the the volume five is pretty much not in the omnibus by all accounts. At all, as far as I understand it, I know it's not in my omnibus. It wasn't in because as I sat down and compared last night, it yeah. was not in your omnibus. So yeah. that seems to be all the post Doomsday stuff, Doomsday Annual, and Superman Day of Doom, and all of that filth. Yeah, all that extra stuff that they did. But yeah, this, this does have everything, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. By all accounts, this is the definitive word. On the death of Superman. Again. Again. Like the last time they did the definitive <laughs> word on the death of Superman. Yeah. 
and the time before that when they did an omnibus. I think the only issue with it now is I've I've read my crossovers in the wrong the wrong order. Oh no! There's a bit there's a bit in this where Asbat shows up and he's like, oh god, Superman's back. Oh, I best like you know act cool so he doesn't he doesn't realise I'm not. So his he best doesn't realise I'm not Bruce Wayne because yeah. how dumb is he? <laughs> Well, you know, he's he's just come back from the dead. He's recovering. Yeah, he's still a little bit yeah, yeah, murky yeah. from his death recovery. Yeah. Anyway, as I was saying, uh, what what did we want to talk about? We haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet, but it's not really comic related. Avengers no. Endgame came out. It did? Do you know what Avengers Endgame has done Go on. over the past week yeah. since we saw The Rise of Skywalker? Made me realise how well Marvel pulled it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because The Rise of Skywalker has some of the exact same beats that okay. Avengers Endgame has. And doesn't do it as well. Okay. So fair play to Marvel Studios for pulling that off. Mm -hmm. There are some people that don't think Endgame does stick the landing as well as I do. But either way, nobody has come out and said it's a flat-out failure. No, uh, I wish it was as strong as Infinity War, which I don't think it is, but it's not. I don't think it's going to be. The Empire Strikes Back stronger than Return of the Jedi, because build-up and set-ups are always easier to pull off than satisfying endings. Satisfying endings are very difficult to do. Yeah. Fair play to JJ. Let's, Let's give him that. And Marvel pulled off a satisfying ending. Yes. Not a perfect ending, but a satisfying ending. Yeah. So Avengers Endgame, I, I thoroughly approve of. Uh, Booksmart, I've not seen. Oh, we've got Marriage Story, uh, as we all know. Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson invented weddings. Never seen it. Uh, I'd actually, Does it look like something I would be interested in? It looks in? like something I'd watch. And again, it, it goes <laughs> back to my argument that Adam Driver is such a good actor... And he's just been working with two shit Star Wars scripts. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Knives Out, we've not seen. Not yet. Not yet. Midsummer, we did see. I love Midsummer. Cracking horror film. I love film. the director's cut even more so. I have nothing bad to say about it. And if you get me started, I will talk about it all day. Yes. I so love let's move on. That film. Ad Astra, we've not seen. No. I've got it. I've got it. I've not seen it. Joker, got that. Not seen it. Uh, no, but I've got no interest in a comic film that's embarrassed to be a comic film. I'm gonna give it a go because it looks like it could be quite interesting. Spider-Man: Far From Home was fun. Uh, it was fun. That's yeah. pretty much all you can say about it. Yeah, it was a good laugh. Uh, John Wick Three was brilliant because all the John Wick films not seen are it. brilliant. I, I'm interested in the Lighthouse. Uh, Robert God, pa- worthy but dull. Well, yeah, but that's that's my thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah. Who's in John Wick? Robert Pattinson hating every role he's in. <laughs> I don't think he hates everything. Uh, Cats. I do kind of want to see it. Do you though? I mean, you know, two hours of Judy Dench lick- licking her arsehole. <laughs> God, how have we lived without that? <laughs> I, a part of me does does kind of want to watch it. I don't want to ever see that. Um... It's it. More people hated it than people hated The Last Jedi, and that takes a special film. It does. That's very true. Yeah, but that was it wasn't even critically acclaimed. Well, yeah, but now that it's been it's been patched like yeah, a video like game. a video game because the special effects were crap. Maybe they could have done that with Superman 4. <laughs> Just patched the special effects. Yeah. Captain Marvel. I enjoyed Captain Marvel. It was okay. Yeah, it, was a, it, was, it wasn't a top-tier Marvel movie, but it was entertaining. Um, I guess similar to The Rise of Skywalker, I think Captain Marvel suffered from advertising itself as the next big yeah. endgame film when it wasn't... No, it was, it was a, just another Marvel movie. Yeah. It was a good one, mm. but also it suffered that her scenes in Endgame had already been filmed. Yeah. So her scenes in Endgame couldn't really reflect Captain Marvel. So that was a shame. But anyway, Ford v Ferrari looks really cool. It is not called Ford v Ferrari over here because of licensing and copyright law. Okay. It's called Le Mans 69, oh, yeah, yeah. is it called? Because they couldn't call it Ford v Ferrari. And somebody apparently on Twitter, because Twitter's full of twats, 
That's what it should be called, Twatter. <laughs> um, actually called out the director saying, yeah, did you think I'd Lego movie? And I'm like, for fuck's sake. Okay. And he was very patient. Right. He said, yes, but the Lego movie is a sponsored film by <laughs> Lego designed to promote their product. Also, the Lego film is better than it ever deserved to be. Yeah, but he was arguing, why couldn't you call it Ford for Ferrari when they called it Lego? Oh, and right, I'm thinking, okay. like, if you need an explanation for that. I think, I think the second title is, is a better film, and it's not just Yeah, like... Le Mans 69 is a better title. Yeah. But he was saying, we didn't want Ford v Ferrari to sign off on what we were doing. Because we want the freedom to be able to paint them negatively then, and positively. Right, because then once you have <coughs> corporate sponsorship, you've got yes. to do it their way. Whereas apparently American copyright law means you can call it what you want. Right, okay. I don't understand how all that works, because I ain't a lawyer. <laughs> but anyway, I, but I do think Le Mans 69 is a better title. Um, Jojo Rabbit, not seen. Dolomite is my name, not seen. It Chapter, it chapter 2, not two seen. came out this year, still not seen that. Yeah, I've not seen that. Alita Battle Angel was fun. Haven't seen Very it. predictable, a oh, okay. little bit dull, but okay. Looked it. Godzilla was good. Uh, Godzilla was great. Yep. Doctor if Sleep, not, not flawed. Seen. Yeah, it wasn't as good as Kong Skull Island. No. I enjoy Kong Skull Island a lot more, simply because Kong Skull Island knows what it is. Yeah, and I Kong think... is on screen five minutes into the film. Yeah, uh, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed Godzilla more than the first one, even though I've been a massive advocate of the yeah, first one for years. Yeah, you have. You've been one saying that um, the first one was great. But, yeah, it had its issues, but I just like seeing Godzilla monsters. Yeah. It's one of those. Godzilla is one of those films. King of the Monsters. It's one of those films where the fans loved it, because yeah. like the fans of Jurassic Park, which seem to be one of the most non-toxic fans <laughs> in history, all they want to see is their favorite dinosaurs doing shit. <laughs> they're not asked. As yeah. long as they get that, they're happy. Yeah. And I think it's the same with Godzilla fandom. As long as Godzilla fights Mothra and tramples over a city, yeah. they're happy. Like, it got such bad reviews, and I'm sat in the cinema on my own. I've had a little beer before, and I'm like... You do yeah. shut me. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm ready for this. And I got to see high-budget, yeah. great CGI monsters doing monster shit and Burma Creary's score. Yeah. Reimagining of the original, which was great. I was like, yeah, that's, that's mint. There was absolutely nothing wrong with it. I, I did like the second Pacific Rim though, so I don't know what I've category I've not seen I the second into. Pacific Rim, but I have seen the first one, which I thought was fine. Everyone fun. hated it. I, I didn't thought, hate it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I liked Idris Elba. Oh no, I mean the second one. Oh, all right, I haven't seen the second one. Well, the second one was by the guy who did Spartacus. Right, okay. and I like Spartacus a lot, so I'm willing to give it benefit of the doubt. And the other big comic book movie of the year was uh, New Mutants. Oh no, that got delayed again. <laughs> Never coming out. <laughs> uh, so we got Dark Phoenix. We got then. Dark Phoenix, which I haven't seen. Because if it's an X-Men movie that has some involvement from Brian Singer, it will be shit. If it's an X-Men movie that has no involvement whatsoever from the guy who did X-Men First Class, it will possibly be mediocre. <laughs> so basically leaves X-Men First Class as a good one then, doesn't it? <laughs> See, I was just going to say like, the first two aren't that bad, but they've not aged well. No, the first one's a TV pilot, dude. Yeah. How are we going to climax our big superhero movie? Let's have them have a fight in the gift shop. And the second one was good, but again, that's not The aged. second one's great when it's a Wolverine movie. But it's not aged well. No. I think, and the third one's shit. I think it was Lewis who yeah. I was like, no, X-Men 2 is great. X2 is great. Let's watch it again then. And he just said, all right, download it. Let's put it on. So we put it on. Right, okay. The fight in the mansion's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fight in the mansion's good. And then and the Wolverine movies are not as bad as everyone says they are. The first okay. one's uh, well, the I've second one's okay. Still not seen Logan. But Logan's great. But Logan I've, was on Channel 4 last week. But I've already seen Unforgiven, so <laughs> 
it's not quite <laughs> unforgiven. Okay. It's good though. Yeah. yeah I yeah. like Logan a lot. I think Logan's really good. And that was it for comic book movies. What about comics? What comics have you read this year? Um, I I've, honestly can't remember. I've pretty much just been on the same thing. So I've been reading Scott Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Which the highlight of which was the story that George Jimenez co-wrote. Right. It was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, I do not think Scott Snyder is the writer he was on Batman anymore. <coughs> Flip side of that, though, the last night on Earth three-issue specials he did with Greg Capullo, the yep. conclusion to their run. Haven't read the third issue yet, but they have been great so far. Yeah. Spider-Man's been fun, but... Spider-Man's been fun, yeah. It's, North Hulk. It's on my maybe pile now. I'm thinking of dropping it. Right. Immortal Hulk has been great. I've not read... I think the last one I read was 24. I don't think I've read 25. I've but... read up to 25, as of this recording. Um, what I... Doomsday Clock, finally out. Not yeah. read the last issue I'm yet. I'm looking forward I've to been, reading all of them. I've been rereading them all again, having not read some since two years ago. Yeah, because that's took like an eternity to yeah. come out. Uh, but I did get to say to Gary Frank, you know, I wasn't looking forward to this, dude, but you've surprised me. You pulled say, it off. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, it's been really gratifying, is what he said to it. How many people have said that yeah. to him? So, because I got him to sign one of my Batman Year One hardcovers at right, yeah, yeah. Comic Con, where I also met George Perez, who was lovely, mm. top guy. Um, and then Green Lantern, Green Lantern, a lot Brad of fun. Morrison's Green Lantern, very Morrison. Yes, I have for better and worse. Two out of the three Black Star issues. Right, I've only read the Green so Lantern. I've not read any of them yet. Yeah. Very <clears> colourful, <throat> beautiful oh, yeah. artwork from the Merlin Sharp. Is is very two thousand AD. Yeah, but. Every issue, there's something new that he's experimenting. New and exciting, and, yeah. and it, yeah, it is very Grant Morrison. And he, he's yeah, he knows both good and bad. Well, but he knows what he's doing as well. So like, there's a lot of issues in space where he's doing all this kind of bollocks, yeah. and then there's the Green Arrow team up where it's which just was a lot of fun. pure Neil Adams. Yeah, that and was then great. There's one issue where it's set inside his ring. Yes, so he's trapped inside his ring. Every single panel on a page. Yep. Is the emblem, but in a different yeah, in a different configuration. The artwork's great. The artwork's it? fantastic um, in Green Lantern. But again, it it got to it's it's going to need another reading. So I got to the last <coughs> issue and I was like, what? Yeah, well, I that's exactly what's what I mean when I say it's Grant Morrison for good and bad. Yeah, it starts off really good. <clears throat> there are issues in it that are exemplary. Yeah. The dialogue is really fun. Yeah, no one yeah. puts together what you will think be nonsensical words that actually <laughs> make sense better yeah. than Grant Morrison does. And it's it's that thing with a lot of Morrison's dialogue is... We're going into the xenophobia. You've got to accept that this is over the top. Yes. And then once you buy into that, yeah. it's a lot of fun. But yeah, by the time I got to the end, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And that's typically Morrison. <laughs> Um, the so. Tales from the Dark Multiverse one-shots. I've read the Superman have been and Nightfall one. They have ranged in quality. Yes. But have still been kind of yeah, they've been fun kind of one-offs, yeah. yeah. Um, fun one-shots. They're not as good as the tie-in to the metal, though. The, right. the origin See, I of didn't this... See, like, I read your Dark Knight's metal and I was like... Mm. No, no, no. Do you know the one-offs would explain the backstory behind each Batman? How yeah. they came to be that... I thought they were a lot of fun, and I right. don't think these have been quite as good, right. but they've been different. Well, they were different creative teams, so yeah, never mind. <laughs> but I just think the concept is this big event happened. Yeah. What if it went bad? And I think because of that, there's a lot that can go wrong if you don't pick the right story to tell. Yeah. Yeah, right. and I can't think of anything else. I've well, I've got my order list up here, and as you can see from my order list, it basically consists of. Batman, 
through issue 85. Well, that'll come out soon. Amazing Spider-Man, Immortal Hulk, Conan and Criminal. Yeah. That's pretty much all I'm buying. Criminal is absolutely fantastic. Still my favourite book yeah. currently coming Well, I usually out. read yours. Can't go wrong with Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Oh, they brought... They rebooted Hellblazer yeah. as part oh, yeah. of the... Ben, ben Rush texted me and said, this is damn good. As part read of it. the Sam... I've got the one shot. Have you got issue one? No. Because no. basically I didn't want to commit. So I thought I'll buy the one shot, read yeah. it, and then we'll see how I feel. Since then, I've still not read the one shot and the first two issues of the actual series have come out. So right. I, I, I can't say whether see, it's... See, I may just wait till that 69p on Comicsology. Um, Dial H for Hero looks amazing. But because I know it's only twelve issues long, I'm waiting for the trade on that. Yeah, but trade away. Joe Quinone's artwork on that is a step above. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I read Spider Man Life Story, which is great. Okay, yeah. I've got the trade paperback of that. I've still not read it, but I follow a page on Facebook, like comic pages out of context, mm. who you know don't do what the title says, and they yeah. just basically post like entire pages from an issue. Uh, but I saw I saw the last page, and I was like. Holy shit! That it's good. It's great. That, that is a lot of emotional resonance from just one page. You should read it while you're here. Why have you got the trade? Yeah, I've got the trade. The trade's up there. All right, okay. And the trade is now out of print. I mean, it's still available right, okay. in shops. Yeah, yeah. But it's out of print. All so right. apparently they are going to do a second print. Yeah, I was, I was tempted just from the strength of that last page well, out of while context. You've got another day while you're here, and you yeah. will, you'll read it in an hour. Yeah, yeah. It's not difficult. I had an entire show on it. Do you not listen to me? Um. <laughs> Don't answer that. <laughs> uh, yeah, coming up, I've, I've ordered the History of the Marvel Universe Treasure Edition, just because it's a Treasure Edition. Oh, is that the Mark the Wade one, the thing. recent one? Yeah, I had no idea it was any good. No yeah. did anything of it. And then Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross are curating a new Marvels series well, it's with Marvel's one shot. X, isn't it? Well, it's just called Marvel on here, so I don't know whether it's Marvel X or whatever. Because isn't it a crossover with his Planet X? I've no idea. But I know that the Marvel snapshots look interesting. Alan Brennett. Right. Okay. Coming back to write comics and Jerry Ordway's drawing it. The okay. Submariner one. So I've ordered that. But mostly, yeah, I'm down to Immortal Hulk and Amazing Spider-Man. Mm. In new comics. I think, I mean, I've, I've started looking, I think we had the same conversation last year. Last year. <laughs> but even more so now. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen the DC trades. I've seen the Marvel trades that got released like last week. Yep. There's nothing. Oh, shit. Do you know what we forgot to do in our waxing lyrical about what great professionals we are? emails we have not done <laughs> emails that came last year it's usually the start oh uh, well normally we, we fitter them through so all right we're not gonna have time to do them all now but nathaniel wayne emailed in this must be thursday i never could get the hang of thursdays glad to hear michael Sorn enjoyed into the spider-verse having seen it again it was even better second time round. it was second best movie of last year Behind Annihilation, which is a movie I'm cautious to recommend to anybody, but blew me away personally. It and I'll agree great. with Andy that Aquaman was fine. Haven't seen Shazam yet. Oh, I saw Shazam. Okay. Shazam's good. Oh, didn't you watch that at Glastonbury? Watch that at Glastonbury <laughs> to get out of the sun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it, it's really fun. What was your favourite act of Glastonbury? Well, I like, like, I like quite like Shazam. I like watching Shazam in the, in the tent, <laughs> in the cinema tent. That's a weird way to pronounce storms. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so that was good. So, uh, yes. Uh, and oh, the episode, episode 9 trailer, okay. Uh, he talks about the episode 9 trailer. I've made a video ranting about this thing on the Council of Geeks YouTube. He did a video that we're, we're pretty much in agreement with. All right, it's, okay. It's fine. Yeah. Given how much we vehemently disagreed with Nathaniel over The Last Jedi, yeah. to actually have us both be on the same page of The Rise of Skywalker, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. Okay, okay. But I think that's what's sad about it. But Star Wars fine. has been reduced to, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's The Fast and the Furious. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> they have stopped... Disney 
have stopped Star Wars being special. Mm. They've just made it just another franchise. I don't think they have. I think if you've learned anything from The Last Jedi and Ryan Johnson, yeah. Star Wars can be special if you want it to be. Yeah, but I don't know that they want it to be. Yeah, That's the thing. Holy Overlord Batman, that's a lot of covers. What I actually like was the Sinkevich cover. And Batman on the phone with technical support for things relating to the Bat computer is my new favourite thing. Was that Detective 1000? Yes, okay. that was when we did Detective 1000. Thank you, Nathaniel. I'm sorry. It's because I'm incompetent that we don't have time to do... Michael Bailey emailed in again about the bat printer and getting ink for the printers. <laughs> Which he said, you need to read this. How Batman would go about ordering printer ink. For his printer, which would be quite funny. Thank you, Michael. Again, my incompetence has meant we don't have time to go through all of these. Uh, random feedback from Gus Shaw. I recently downloaded your Easter special. Oh, we did an Easter special. Yes, Detective 1000. I completely forgot we did oh, was an that Easter this year? special. Yeah, it must have been. When's this dated? 15th of June? Hey, my birthday. <laughs> all right, hey, yeah. so we did one in Easter. All right. Um, it looks like you missed out on commemorating commemorate the 90th anniversary of Popeye. And there's a reason for that, Gus. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with a bit of Popeye. There is nothing wrong with a bit of Popeye, but I'm like, it wouldn't even be on my radar. <laughs> I am what I am. I look forward to listening to old episodes and any new additions you may produce in the future. Well, this one's for you, Mr. Gus Shaw. Thank you very much for emailing in. <laughs> and Isaac Miner, Peace on Earth, Michael and Andrew, I really enjoyed this particular episode of your show. Uh, thank you for doing Hey Kids Comic and The Palace of Glittering Delights. I've been listening to your podcast for several years and they really helped me through the long hours at Factory and never fail to bring a smile to my face. I'm envious of the fact you can show your love of comics with your father, Michael. I occasionally bug my family about comics, but they glaze over if I talk them for too long. I really enjoyed your coverage of Preacher. And I would recommend Kill or Be Killed by Ed Brubaker. Well, Isaac, <laughs> funny you should mention that. Uh, segue in a professional way. I have all four Kill or Be Killed trades on my bookshelf. And yes, it is fantastic. But as I have mentioned, you cannot go wrong with a bit of Ed Brubaker. And that is all the emails I have in blue, which means they are all Hey Kids Comics emails and not Palace of Glittering Delight emails. Oh, Peter Royland, this this straddles a line. Okay. First, let me sh- start by saying Happy Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Peter. Uh, I was listening to old Christmas episodes of Bues from the Long Box. Near the end, you mentioned the yearly tradition of writing Christmas stories about your family. I was curious if you ever published or posted these stories. Are you continuing the tradition? It sounds so heartwarming. I, I don't do it anymore, do I? You don't. It's, not, it's, it's been a while. I did about five years worth, and then you grew up and everyone, and I didn't have time because work. <laughs> but um, I've not even looked if I still have them. But I, I do to, know... You used to do a lot of... I used to read all of your yeah, writing. and I did send them to my sister, so she may yeah. have copies. I mean, I don't know if you ever kept they them. Because it, it would be a sweet thing for my kids to keep, but I, whatever. No, I think I'd get... Because you would print them off. So, like, I would just Yeah, I printed them out and read them as proper stories. Stack. Of like A4 sheets yeah. of paper. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I never published them. I also wanted you to know I always enjoy hearing your Christmas Hey Kids episodes about all your Christmas swag. I don't just throw this shit together, dude. <laughs> Makes me feel no, like old you time don't. with friends. <laughs> 
Hope the holiday season is treating you well. Disney is keeping me very busy. Lots of hours, but at least I enjoy what I get to do. Your shows and Michael Bailey's and Back to the Bins are my favourites and make the long drive to work more tolerable. Thank you and best wishes to your family. Peter Royland, St. Cloud, Florida. Well, thank you, Peter. And thank you everyone who emailed in that I didn't read properly because I am an incompetent and completely forgot that we had emails. <laughs> oh, you know, you wouldn't listen to this shit if we were good, would you? <laughs> the, the very nature of our naffness <laughs> is, is, is endearing, is, is endearing to people. Is okay. what it, that's what I think. Uh, I'm casting my eye around. I can't think of anything else. It's been 90 minutes. What more do you want for free? <laughs> Unboxing day of all places. Uh, right, yeah. So we're done. Yeah. Probably for another year. Maybe. Maybe we'll do an Easter special. Maybe. Possibly a summer special. Could do. Could do. All these things that we clicked. <laughs> if we were an ongoing concern, I have so many things yeah. that we would have done shows oh, on oh, if this oh, was still an ongoing thinking. show. Yeah, yeah. We would definitely done Bad Weekend. Okay. The criminal hardcover. Yeah, yeah. We would definitely talk about Green Lantern, the Grant Morrison one, because yeah, yeah. that would have been funny. We do Doomsday <laughs> Clock now, it's finished. We, we would definitely do Doomsday Clock, but yeah. we're not, because life gets in the way. So that hopefully makes the specials but, that we do do slightly more fun. You know, as we said, we're definitely doing the uh, the, the revisiting Nightfall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, don't, I wouldn't want to say definitely. I wouldn't want to commit. <laughs> God, could you imagine? By the time that's finished, it will probably be another nine years. Yes. Yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> and we should do Death of Superman, though. Yeah, yeah. We should definitely do that because we've never done that. Okay. Because I always felt that was the purview from crisis to crisis, leave them alone and to do it, and don't yeah. tread on the toes of another podcast. Oh, you know, uh, deliberately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Inadvertently, we've done that loads of times. We did the Wolverine miniseries exactly the same week that Paul did on Back to the Bins. Okay. And you're like, it was an accident, dude. <laughs> but you know, but vertently rather than inadvertently, <laughs> we've, we've never done that. I don't know if that's a word. Uh, it is now. It's a word now. So um, I'll release this pretty much as soon as possible. There's not going to be any editing. No, if you can deal with like some sneezing and blowing of noses. Yeah, just then. deal with it. We've both got cones. It's the way of it. Uh, thank you for joining us. Anyone who's still out there, is this still on? Is this on? Uh, have a good Christmas. Have a great 2020. And hopefully, we will be back real soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Kids Comics is a The Devil Will Find Work for Idle Hands to Do production and a Two True Freaks presentation. Episodes drop intermittently. It is hosted by Andrew and Michael Leyland. All sound clips and music used in the show are for review purposes only, so don't sue us because we talk over them, so it's not like people can rip them off. Correspondence to the show can be sent to heykidscomics at virginmedia.com, which is the email address, and you can Facebook friend me on Hey Kids as the first name and Comics as the surname.